Fast linebackers, even faster defensive backs at the NFL Scouting Combine. Matt Williamson's eating habits and (laughs) all of the latest from Indianapolis on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. We're talking Indianapolis we're talking NFL scouting combine and the safeties are actually running as we speak. So we'll give some live updates if there's any nice. times and I'm sure there will be because there's been some eye popping times, Matt, for every position group this far. I mean, we're talking defensive tackles. We're talking records falling. We're talking ends, linebackers, corners, just some crazy times being put up on a on a super fast track in Indianapolis. And you know, before we get into some of this stuff uh, w- with the actual prospects and the times. I think it'd be wise for agents these days to tell their clients to run an indie because it is. Fast. I think so. Yeah. I mean, every defensive position after another, wow, speed, athleticism, jumps are insane. But I remember last, I think we talked about this yesterday. Uh, first of all, pull the curtain back. I've been on the, on the air for six hours straight, came back here to record a short podcast. So I think I've, I'm not sure who I've told what, and I'm a little bit fried right now. So I apologize <laughs> in advance if I repeated myself. Headed back to Pittsburgh tomorrow morning. It's been a great trip, but I'm excited to get home. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a super fast track last year. They just put the new turf down, and everyone started to realize, whoa, we, everyone's flying here. So the, I'm sure the subsequent subsequent position groups last year said, well, I wasn't thinking about running, but I better run. And then there were some questions. Well, is it going to be slower a year later? What? Well, you know, who knows the track conditions? Well, it, it isn't slow. And so yeah. It's still fast. And why would you not run here? Because I hung out with Max Starks a bunch this week. He was a former Steeler offensive tackle. He's one of the biggest human beings I ever met. And in his pro day, and this happens to a lot of people, he he had a hamstring. He didn't run here. And, of course, a 350-pound, a 6'8 guy doesn't have to run all that much. But his teammates that were fast, you know, whatever. So, for example, didn't run at the Combine. And then at Florida's Pro Day, it poured all night the night before, and the, it was swampy and slow. You know, like, give yourself two bites of the apple. You know, run here, test here. If it didn't go as well as planned, you still have another shot. But it probably is going to go pretty well by the looks of these things. Uh, you, off the air, you told me about some little uh, whispers you're hearing coming out of Indy, Matt, involving some more franchise tags. We saw the franchise tag of Evan Ingram yesterday. You talked mm-hmm. about how it looks like maybe New York Giants getting close with Saquon Barkley, at least a lot closer with Saquon than with Daniel Jones. And the reports I'm seeing are, for, he's asking for $45 million. It's just like, yeah. Not you're like offended by that. I, can, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like maybe another franchise tag coming for potentially another running back in Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it sounds like that's a, a, a done deal if they don't. I mean, of course, they're talking now, and that's why people are dragging their feet on these franchise tags. But I'm sure Jacobs will get tagged. I think Barkley will get signed. I think Jones will get tagged. Um, of course, Lamar is not just going to hit free agency either. I mean, obviously, I'm right. not hearing any 
good news on that front, though. I mean, nobody thinks that's close by any stretch. Who knows? We do have some people, some listeners, Matt, that are interested in your personal lifestyle and what sort of beverages okay. you're drinking, what sort of meat you're eating there in Indianapolis. And I know everyone goes to the St. Elmo's and there's some really hot spots. Um, but we'll go to Josh, who's actually asking you about a tamale place. Have you been to the tamale place in India? So let's go down the day in the life of Williamson at the Combine, I guess. <laughs> the short it. answer is I did not get to the tamale place, Josh. I even Googled it. It has unbelievable um, uh, reviews. He laid it out to me on Twitter. It sounds awesome, but it's 10 miles away and we never get in a car here, which is beautiful. You know, we parked the car when we got here. We'll get in the car when we leave. Everything is walkable. It's one of the, one of the beauties of it. So we just didn't, no matter what it was, we weren't going to travel far. Day in the life of Williamson here is my Steeler responsibilities are on the air from 10 to 12. And then again from two to four, except for today. Today I was on the air from 10 to four. So I did all three two hour shows in a row because one of our other guys left. So I try to get up as late as possible. I'm a late riser, anyways, because we have some late nights the night before as well. Yeah. Find some little morsel to eat, get, you know, shower up, go down there, put my Steeler gear on, get the radio row about quarter till, hit the uh, media room on the way hope to get a coffee and whatever morsel I can find there as well. No offense, media room, but you've been uh, dropping the ball this year significantly. The food's bad. It's hard to find bottled waters. Coffee is very hit or miss. That makes me sad. So then I moved two hours, finish that up. Almost every day I've had something else in between, like, hey, the Colts guys say, hey, come sit with us and talk with us, you know, do a half hour, the Eagles guys, whatever. But I try to get up to my room, eat here, again, stopping at the media room, getting a terrible sandwich on the way, a bag of chips and an apple and a cookie. Got pretty tired of that, but that was three days in a row. It was free. So, all right, I don't have a lot of time anyways. I'm not running down the street to Chick-fil-A or whatever. Eat, eat here, record a small other podcast I do for local, get back down there to two to four, Come back up here, chat with you, write an article, shower up, go out. I mean, that's a day in the life up until things get fun in the evening. Not real exciting. And the cuisine to that point isn't real exciting either. A couple of cliff bars, things like that. Well, the important part is is what you left out after when you go out. So right, let's, let's just more details about that. Like what, <laughs> uh, what kind of steak? What's the, what's the Williamson order? What's the best thing you've had so far in Indy this year? Yes. Day one, Monday, the Steelers took about 10 or 12 of us out, I guess, for a wonderful high end steak dinner. There's head coaches everywhere. I, I forget the name of the place. My condolences, but I got a giant ribeye throw lump crab meat, blue cheese on there. All kinds of appetizers. Wow. Splendid. Belvedere martinis, straight up olives. There you go. That's good right there. <laughs> not bad. So it's not stuffed with crab. There's just crab on top of the ribeye. I went with for the lump. I mean, I added that. I went for the lump blue cheese combination okay. right on top there. And all kinds of good sides as well. Night two was sort of similar. That was, is that like something at this? Because that, that's a hell of a no, that's, that's just a That's a Williamson move. Okay, because the ribeye is enough. I wouldn't even think to go, and hey, wait, before you leave, Mr. Waiter or, or Mrs. Waiter, uh, can you throw just lump crab meat on top of my ribeye? Thank you. 
A whole bunch of it, yeah. With, with some blue cheese. Sometimes a little horseradish crust as well. Oh, there, horseradish. Yeah. Now you're well, speaking the words. Yeah, that, yeah. Sounds, that sounds pretty ridiculous. All right. Well, so, I'm already jealous of your trip just from, from that explanation. Well, horseradish is a key in Indianapolis. You yeah. may have heard of this St. Yes. Elmo's situation. Mm-hmm. There's been two days now that St. Elmo's walks around and gives you a shrimp covered in cocktail sauce at Radio Row. So I've had about six of them. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So that yeah. deliver. And that keeps people out from going in just to order that. So that yeah. way they can free advertisement for, uh, for dinner there because uh, people have mm-hmm. already had their fill of the, the shrimp cocktail. Cause that's the thing. It's like very heavy on the horseradish. Oh, breathe it out your brutal. nose. Right. Uh, but, but I love horseradish and I love a good shrimp cocktail and I love ribeye and I love crappy. So yep. uh, I'm just sitting over here. Twiddle my phone without bit. any of that on my plate, Matt. So I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm waiting to go out to dinner and I'm making myself hungry. So, Real quick, I'll sum it up. Night two, Harry and Izzy's, which is really St. Elmo's, they're all the same. It's the exact same shrimp cocktail. And the Steelers have a huge gathering for all their media people. You know, So there's like 30 or 40 of us in there. So much shrimp cocktail, you can hardly stand it. So instead of a ribeye, I went for the filet mignon just to mix it up. You know, <laughs> two steaks in a row night. You know. And lobster on top of that? Well, you, you didn't get that order. So it was, they gave you three or four things to pick from. Okay. So I, yeah. And then last night was, uh, no, last night we just sat at the bar and got appetizers and watched the combine like crazy. Just, just mm. looked for TVs. Yeah. The night before that was deep dish night. That's also become a five-year-in-a-row um, Chicago deep dish. And that's the night that you kind of slow, you get bogged down a little bit. You know, you, you eat an unbelievable amount of cheese and deep dish pizza, have a couple beers, and we actually retired to the room early Wednesday night as kind of a midweek regroup. I think yeah. I actually got eight hours of sleep that night. Yeah. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Taking <laughs> easy, you're going to hit it hard the next night uh, at the bar. So you're going, so you're going beer one night. You had Belvedere martinis with olive another night. Did you, did you go brown liquor then on another brown, night? brown liquor is my home move. So I yeah. went martini, martini, beer, to, beer and, and kept it easy. Bunch of beers last night at the bar, sitting there watching Combine. And my buddy Ryan McDowell came over from Locked On Dynasty. Hey, there we go. I love the yeah, Locked yeah. On fam. There's a lot of Locked On fam there. Did you see anybody else? I see Chris Carter all the time. Oh, right. You know, okay. From Locked On Steelers. Yeah. But it's several. Yeah, I mean, there's he was going to see your boy Q and so uh, a bunch of Locked On folks around. I saw Ryan Tracy, I think, rock, walking around. And there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Great yep. stuff. And uh, so there you go. I am jealous and uh, maybe next year. Uh, and I say that every year. Ah, next year I'll go to the combine. Next year I'll go to the senior bowl. And it, for some reason, the schedule never works out for me to get there, but I got to go. And that's uh, mm-hmm. a fun environment. If nothing else, tonight now, when we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to go order myself a ribeye with lump crab. <laughs> I didn't know that I, was highly recommend. <laughs> highly recommend. All right, let's talk about some of those players working out at the Combine. Linebackers running fast. Corners running even faster. We've got a leader in the clubhouse for potentially the fastest 40-yard dash at this year's NFL Scouting Combine. Next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. 
if you're looking for that delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. So many great flavors of Built Bar. Sometimes it's unbelievable they're able to pack all the flavor they can in a low-calorie, high-protein treat, like the very newest flavor, Vanilla Cream, which is back for a limited time at Built.com. Only 140 calories, but 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar in the Vanilla Cream. Most Built Bars have only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. You can find limited flavors like lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs, maple donut puffs, grasshopper cookie, caramel apple, a banana cream pie puff. Just unbelievable to go with all the standard flavors that I love. You got to try peanut butter, brownie batter. Uh, just unbelievable what they're able to do at Built.com. And, of course, you can find them on your store shelves now as well at places like Walmart and Sam's Club. So go get a four-box in the pharmacy section of Walmart. Cookies and cream, double chocolate flavor, coconut puffs, or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and then thank us later. And then, of course, you can find all of the varieties of Built Bars at Built.com. Okay. Talk BP, I have to interrupt you because there's a cuisine thing that happened that I think I have to make note of. Today. Oh, yes. Well, this is very important, if this nothing else. So, right. yes, get on me. So, again, I was on the air from 10 to 4, I had a cliff bar the whole time I was on the air starving. So we went to White Castle, you know, right before there. First time I'd ever been there. My, my compa- they don't have those in Pittsburgh. It's like yeah. the oldest franchise ever. You know, I've never yeah, really been there once today. You can't find them in California either. And some ah, of my colleagues, that, some of my colleagues that cover the 49ers did the same thing. And their response was no need to go to White Castle. Don't worry about it. Just cross it off your list. It's it's no it's sense in making that extra trip. Did you feel the same? I was starving to no end, and I got double sliders and chicken. I thought the burgers were fine. The chicken was not so great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. High That's hopes, good. but I was yeah. starving. Cross so it, it off fine. your list now. How about yeah. how about some of the linebackers we're seeing? Yeah, there was uh, about a half dozen linebackers that went four fours or faster. Got a four three nine as well with the linebackers, just mm-hmm. a ridiculously fast group. And actually, there was more linebackers that I think were sub four five than were over four five, which is pretty ridiculous for yeah. Uh, there are look, wow modern day linebackers not as big. We're not talking about a bunch of hulking two hundred fifty pounders. No, we're not. And I don't know that any of these guys are going to be super high draft picks, with the exception exception of Trenton Simpson from Clemson, who was expected to run extremely well. Uh, Owen Pepoy, uh, the, the Auburn linebacker, was the fastest of all of them. Really stood out in drill work as well. I'll be very honest. I mean, these this group of linebackers that all ran extremely well, I've seen their names. I don't know them extremely well, but I'm excited to dig in and learn more about them, to be very honest with you. Yeah, it looks like more of a depth class of running backs yeah, than yeah. really high-impact guys. You mentioned uh, Trenton Simpson from Clemson, who really solidified mm-hmm. his status. 6'2", 235. A uh, big 10 and a quarter inch hands, and he threw down that 4 4 3 40 time. Really good 10 yard split, 1 5 5. And then did the bench press as well, 25 reps there. So, really, really uh, rock solid and, and helping himself out there with his. Um, with his grade and, you know, checking boxes is really what a lot of the top guys are going to be doing. But he's not even a guy that, I mean, there might be zero linebackers that go in the first round of this draft. I think there's a chance. Uh, we sat down with Dane Brugler today. He's pretty convinced that Saunders from Arkansas will be a first round pick. He didn't run. Um, Simpson's a tremendous athlete, better athlete than football player, but intriguing. The one name I wanted to, to mention, though, is 
if you look at this list, he looks like he's slow because he only ran a four six five. Is Jack Campbell from Iowa because he's huge. He's two forty five ish. I mean, he's like six four, but his ten yard split was great. And for a big, tall, hulking linebacker, he was at the top of this class and all the change of direction stuff. So Jack Campbell did really well for himself, even though he's low on this list. But it's only a four six five. Yeah, the second slowest time for any linebacker was four six five. That used to be a oh my gosh, you're two forty five. You're on a four six five. That's a first round right. player. Right, right. I think he'll be a second or a day two player and maybe a, a day one starter. It's, it's it's just hard to be that big these days and be an off ball backer. You see six five two forty nine, you think, well, there's an edge rusher. Right, right, right. And so if he can pull it off, which it looks like he can. I mean, he won the Buckus Award this year. He's, he was PFF's highest graded coverage player. So I was worried he might be a little bit of a stiff, and he wasn't at all with the change of direction stuff. So I'm a no. Jack Campbell fan, yeah. Uh, he was sub 1.6 with his 10-yard split. The first 10 yards of his 40-yard dash was 1.59, which is really good. 37.5-inch mm-hmm. vertical, 10.8 broad jump. And then anything sub 7 seconds in the three-cone is really good. Really and good. for a guy who's 6.5 to run a 6.74 in his three-cone, is a great time for change of direction too. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and and four six five is not slow for no. those who's fifteen pounds heavier than all the rest of these linebackers. Exactly. And then the other name that people are buzzing around here is Dayan Henley from Washington State. I mean, he ran a four five. five I mean, a, a four five four. He was really good at the Senior Bowl. He looked really good in drills. So I think he'll be drafted high as well. I like that guy, and he's somebody mm-hmm. that I was eyeballing. Was like, okay, Forty uh, ers stole. Um, Fred Warner in the third round of the 2018 draft. And if you're looking for a guy who's like, uh, you you know, uh, a former, or usually they're usually their former safeties. uh, I believe Dion Henley was a former wide receiver turned. I'm pretty sure. Pretty almost certain. Yeah. 6'1", 225, long arms. He's really active. You can see the athleticism on tape. Um, 35 inch vertical and it flies around and maybe a little bit raw. So I don't think he's going to be a, you know, a, a top 50 pick or anything like that. Probably but, not. No, a team might find a guy in that third round range that uh, is able to be a, a long-term star for them. It really fits the, the modern linebacker mold with that athleticism and just, you know, flying around the field, not necessarily the guy who's going to take on fullbacks all day. Exactly. Exactly. So he's a modern day linebacker, a little bit of a project, but there's a lot of buzz around him right now. Really quick before we go to the DBs and talk about some of the really fast defensive backs, Matt, was there anything that you were hearing from people about some of the offensive players? Like, was there any buzz from scouts that were like, oh, you know, scouts are actually a lot higher on blank than we thought coming in when guys get to talking and, you you know, all the, you know, some of the the, the liquor gets flowing at those late mm-hmm. nights at St. Elmo or any of the bars around downtown Indy. Um, was there anything coming out with people who were like, oh, man, Bryce Young is just that good he's that dude he's the next joe montana or whatever or there are people being like oh dude's five ten and a half no way he's gonna go number one overall did you did you hear anything like that there were rumors from like scouts or maybe guys that you can't say who their names were that that gave you some information um things that come to mind are and, and a lot of teams this doesn't apply to and it's not real sexy but the running back and tight end classes has everyone enamored because it's deep it's strong at the top there's first rounders you know in, in positions that might not have first rounders very often tons of day two picks a lot of future starters at tight end and running back um who else was i thinking of oh i heard somebody in the know say will levis is not I, the league loves will levis he is not out of the mix for first overall I heard his interview and he was very confident. He said, yeah, I've yeah. got the best arm 
in a while that you've seen. Basically, is what he said. It's like, get ready, guys. This is the best arm you've seen in a while, and I'm throwing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've got the best arm in this class. So, you know, people love him. And then he's going to throw. And, and it's really, you know, scouts always want to see the guys throw at the combine in the competitive oh, yeah. nature. And so we'll see what that looks like. And, um, you know, some teams might, it's what happens, you know, whether it's Anthony Richardson, whether it's Will Levis, teams will talk themselves into the highly tooled up players and hope they can teach the skills even if they're you know missing something and i think it's pretty important for him to prove he's just accurate against air right because yeah yeah you know there's some accuracy questions but we've seen that with prospects in the past and you know i think teams can talk themselves into hey this is the next josh allen this is the next uh jalen hurts you know we can develop these guys And, and coaches are really confident like that too i think that's what happens a lot with coaches say oh give me one off season with this guy and I'll have him right. You know, coaches yeah, always yeah. Believe they can fix anybody when they've got those tools, but if he can prove he's at least functionally accurate and that maybe there was other factors that caused him to be less accurate in college, whether it's scheme talent around him and all of those things, pressure in his face. Um, can he prove that he's just functionally uh, against air accurate and putting the ball on his receivers and, and obviously showing off that cannon arm. He can really help himself a lot. I think this weekend. Uh, and I, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I, I know I think he had a very bad toe injury where, where you had to get it like shot up for every game. I mean, as your boy Bill Walsh says, I mean, accuracy, you can just look at someone's feet and tell you, yes. you know, if the ball was complete or not. And that you, you got to get that in the ground. Yeah, it's the, it's the way a lot of coaches teach it is that your accuracy stems more from your feet than it does your arm. You got to mm-hmm. get your lower half involved in the throw and you got to get your lower half pointed in the right direction. So. Um, really important day for some of those quarterbacks for Bryce Young. We'll just see how big he is, and we'll yeah. have all that coverage from the offensive side. Of, I walked past him, and he's not big. He's not big. <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, alarmingly small. Yeah. yeah, there's one famous picture that's now making its rounds, and Mina Kimes from ESPN. She says she's almost five seven. I don't know if I buy that, but uh, she said she was five seven wearing heels. But there's a picture where she's darn near as tall as uh, <laughs> as Bryce Young at some event recently, and people keep passing around that photo on Twitter, and they're like. This is probably the worst, the most damaging thing for Bryce Young's draft stock we've ever seen. (laughs) Right, right. But we'll find out. We'll find out exactly. He's, uh, you know, word is he's going to be around 200 pounds, maybe. And, you know, which is a key for him to get over. But we know he's not big. So if he's 201 or 199, he doesn't look big to me. Right. So we'll find out exactly. And it's a big way in for for Bryce Young. And of, of course, seeing some of these quarterbacks throw, seeing some of the wide receivers run and just an awesome tight end class that's at least on par it's looking like with what we saw in the 2017 class where we saw superstar players coming out of the the fifth round in that draft at at tight end so uh, it's gonna be a fun one with the offensive players let's finish up the defensive side of the ball though those corners that were flying out there next Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed up to the brand new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson is where you can find it. Tell a friend, hit the thumbs up, hit the notification bell so you know when a new episode is live. And make sure you check out the new Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Dame and Keith doing a fantastic job there, taking you through draft season as well on the Locked On Podcast Network. We got a leader in the clubhouse, Matt. We've got a 4-2-6-40 time from DJ Turner at the Combine. The Michigan cornerback was absolutely blazing out there. And look, that's, what, four hundredths of a second off the all-time record for 40 times at the Combine, which was John Ross's 4-2-2. So uh, absolutely cooking was DJ Turner the second in Indy. Yeah, didn't disappoint at all. Um, He's somebody I – there's so many good corners in this class, and there are a lot of them that have size – 
There are a lot of them that have great traits, long arms, six footers, taking the ball away. I don't know who the star of the show at the corner position is, but because the Steelers and we're doing for Steeler Nation Radio are so corner needy, every time we would sit down with Greg Cosell or Dane or Fran Duffy or whoever, or any draft Nick we could, I almost always asked them, you know, do you agree with me? It looks like there's three top corners in this draft. Porter Jr., who looks tremendous on the hoof, as they say. Gonzalez, who I think most people think is going to be corner number one. And Witherspoon, who I don't think has worked out yet, but looks very lean. But there's there's a lot of talk of, well, who's number four? And some people think Gonzalez could be like the fifth or sixth pick overall. I mean, wow. Um, a guy that I think now is starting to grab the who number four conversation is, is Maryland's Deontay Banks, who was third. And he, I mean, he only ran a four, three, five, but DJ Turner certainly raised some eyebrows and uh, he has some good tape. Everyone thought he would run really, really well. And he did even better than expectations. Yeah. He was the guy that everyone projected could be the fastest guy at the yeah, combine. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. like that's coming true. Only 178 pounds at five eleven, So he's, he's definitely built for speed. He's pretty, pretty slim out there, but he's not small necessarily. You know, if you can get in the one eighties and you're five eleven, that's mm-hmm. enough size. I think uh, it might get pushed around at, at some point in, uh, in, uh, you know, run, it, you know, in, in stuffing the run and, and, and coming downhill, but, you're paid to cover in the NFL, right? So four two seven or four two six was the official forty time for DJ Turner. One four seven, which is an insane ten yard split. Thirty eight and a half inch vertical, ten eleven broad jump. So yeah, off the charts in that regard. But probably not a first round type of a player, but definitely a fast player. And a lot of times you can find the fastest guys at the combine. And I think we went through this last year, and maybe we'll, we'll go back through it again. You look at the the ten fastest guys in combine history. And there's like one good player in the entire group. Chris Johnson. It's Chris Johnson. Every, yeah. <laughs> right, right. He's a running back, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Dree Archers and little guys or just track dudes. But I think Turner's a pretty good corner. Um, some other corner notes I think are really impressive here. As I mentioned, um, Banks from Maryland and Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. They both tied with a 4-3-5. And coming into this, I thought they were very equal prospects. I thought they were late first, early two I think Banks is now like guaranteed in the first round, maybe even top 20. But Forbes, even though he ran so well, he's 166 pounds. He's 6'1", 166. His ankles, his calves, his wrists, his forearms, his his waist, they're all dainty. I mean, like, it looks like he's going to break in half. Like, I... I can't six one one sixty six six one two. If you're one sixty six and five nine, that's one thing. And you're a slot, you're, you know, right? Yeah, yeah you're myself. a slot receiver, yeah. and yeah, you get open in space, and you're a return man or something, but right? You get corner, uh, you're gonna have to prove people are gonna run at you, you know. So you got Derrick Henry's gonna run right at him. Right. You support the run, you get broken in half. That's he looks yeah, really frail. Definitely on the light side. Really good cornerback class, though. A deep cornerback class, and you're, there's gonna be starters probably taking, uh, you know, well into day two from. From this draft class, uh, you mentioned Christian Gonzalez, and I think he just solidified himself as CB1 in this class, too, with his workout. So. 438 40 time. He's over six feet tall, 6'1, 197, 32 inch arm length, just prototype there. Yeah. Um, Great you know, body composition, very balanced. 41 yeah. and a half inch vertical. 
There, yeah. we got to talk about the verts. There were some insane verts oh. from the DP class here. Eleven one broad jump, so just slam dunk there for for Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon to to very likely be the top corner in this class and probably locked himself into a top ten pick as well. See him going to the the Lions a lot in the sixth slot in those mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Dade Brugler. He said he was his fifth ranked prospect coming into this and might even bump him up. It's like whoa, wow. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Witherspoon, who's had an injury and is not working out. 5'11 and a half, 180, so he's not the biggest guy, already banged up. I think some teams might not like him as much. His tape is awesome. Like, he's a great player. He's a really good player. He really is. But some teams, just size-wise, will be afraid to take him, I think, with a first-round pick. So I wouldn't be shocked if someone like Banks, you mentioned, even leapfrogs Mm -hmm. him in the draft, and a team gets a really good player in Witherspoon late in the first round. And Joey Porter Jr., if you put him next to Witherspoon, if you knew nothing about you know football at all, you're like, give me Porter Jr. Like he's a long arm, big hand, kind of looks like his dad, you know, where Witherspoon has a little bit of that feel, like we mentioned with uh, with Forbes, you know, like you're a little lean, you know, his whole body type is just not real defined. It's not real muscular, but his tape is great. Uh, NFL Network was interviewing Joey Porter Sr. while Joey Porter Jr. was running his 40 time. And it was really funny because they were disappointed in his 40 time. It ended up being a, a mm-hmm. 446 official, but I think it was slower. Fine for him, right? It was slower on the on the stopwatch. And I think his second run was like four or five-ish. And and you could tell her they, that that wasn't the number they were looking for. Um, and it was kind of heartbreaking. You're, 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 you got a camera in dad's face watching his son run a 40 time and a little bit disappointed with it. So uh, that was unfortunate to see, but actually four, four, six at six feet, two, six, two and a half, 193, 34 inch arms. Like he's all about length. If you can oh, run yeah. four fours at that length and break on the ball, like he can, uh, I think it was actually a really good time for, for Joey Porter jr. I think he might go top 10 and definitely won't get to 15. I think the, the, the workouts were very good for him. And trust me, he's always linked to the Steelers because the Steelers take Watts and Haywards and, you know, they always, uh, there's a lot of nepotism in there. So Joey Porter's going to come to the Steelers. No chance he gets to 17, but he was funny at the podium. He said, uh, I take after my dad on the field, uh, but my mom off the field. <laughs> <laughs> that's a smart answer all right it was pretty witty yeah i, I like it. that yeah uh, one more corner i want to talk about because he keeps getting jason seahorn comp because there's not many white corners you can it compare is, a guy to riley moss and he's he's at the podium yesterday and people are asking him like but you're gonna you're probably teams are asking you to play safety right like, no, <laughs> no. what are you talking about he's actually not even built like a safety he's really slim he's nothing six, like six, a safety yeah six one one ninety three it's kind of got shorter arms, which is like 30 inch arms, which uh, which is not great for a guy who's six one, but really athletic. He was a, a former sprinter and hurdler and track back in Iowa, uh, ran a four, four, five. So pretty good time. Really quick 10 yard splits. So he's got that track, you know, mm-hmm. background getting out of his stance. Thirty nine inch vertical as well for um, for Riley Moss out for of Moss, Iowa. Yeah. And he does, he stands out because of the color of his skin, of course, you know, and oh, you ought to be a safety. I don't think he's a safety at all. I I think he's a third, fourth, probably fourth round corner that most years would go in the third. And this this corner class is so deep that you might get this guy in the mid rounds and might be a long term, long time starter. And there's a lot of those in this class. I mean, another one that comes to mind, too, real quick is Darius Rush, who was great at the senior bowl, the other South Carolina corner. Yes. Right a four three six. I mean, his tape's good too. I mean, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's really good, and that's what I'm talking about the depth of this class. You know, you're talking about third round guy who might be 
long-term starter in the NFL, and it's 6-1, throwing down a 4-3. Yeah. And that's big time. That's a big time. Uh, it's a lot of momentum. Darius Rush, absolutely. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, really quick, looking at the safeties, they're still running, so we don't have any official times yet, but right now, Pitt's own Brandon Hill. 4-4-4 is the uh, fastest 40-yard dash time. Do you have a scouting report on the local kid, Brandon Hill, Matt? I don't. <laughs> it's pathetic. I worked for Pitt for three years, and they're in my backyard, and I know the name, but I don't know a lot about them. I do know that they expected him to, to test well. Trust me, I'll dig into it, but I don't know a lot about him. Uh, the guy I'm rooting for is, is Sidney Brown from Illinois, who did really well as well. I mean, he's a really thick, powerfully built dude, had a great senior bowl, but he ran under 4-5, so he should be very happy with that. Looking like 4-4-8 for Sidney Brown out of mm-hmm. Illinois. Um at yeah, 5'10, 211. So built yeah, like he's a, thick, yeah. Like a running back. He um is. and the the second fastest 40 time here is a is a safety from Akron, Matt. Oh, I'm my two. I'm my just two, kidding. Uh, there's no, there's no <laughs> I say great. I don't know anything about him either. They don't they don't make NFL DBs from Akron, do they? I can't uh, think of I can't think of one. There probably is one or two, and I'm sure I'll get tweeted at and get yelled at, but <laughs> not that I remember. All right. Fantastic stuff. Uh, more combine coverage Monday when we return and we'll have all of the offensive guys that have worked out. Of course, the quarterback workouts, more uh, rumors and news coming out of Indianapolis as well as we are officially hitting the meat of the NFL offseason. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And of course, we've got to come at you with a post combine mock draft as well very soon right mm. here on Peacock and Williamson. So thanks everybody for making us your first listen. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Check out all the rest that the network has to offer. Matt and I back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.